<laughs> Alright, hello and welcome to episode one of the Start the Beat podcast with Sykes. I am Sykes, and this is my new podcast. Yay. New things are exciting, aren't they? Uh, you know, going to a new place, making a new friend, seeing a new movie, starting a new hobby, buying new shoes... The list goes on. The point is that new things are exciting, and this podcast is new to me, so I'm excited! Yeah! This is my first time ever doing something like this, so please bear with me, friends, and uh, hopefully we can all get through this together without too much awkwardness. I'm not in this entirely alone, though. Uh, my good friend Josh is on the show today, and if you don't know Josh, don't worry. In about an hour, you'll probably know a little bit too much about Josh. Uh, a little background about Josh and my personal history with him. The two of us met several years ago within the local music scene here in Pittsburgh, and we hit it off, which eventually led to us wanting to create some music together. We became roommates for roughly two years, and during that time, we got a lot of stuff accomplished. It all started with a few failed attempts at different projects, which eventually led to the formation of Nevada Mountains, which you may or may not know. Josh also played on a ton of psych stuff, and ended up joining Old Fears as well. He's great to work with, and I'm really happy to have the dude in my life, because really, you don't get to meet too many people like Josh in your life. Uh, he's what some might call a diamond in the rough. <laughs> but uh, I'm really stoked to have him on the show, and uh, how about I shut up now and let's start the motherfucking bait! True American. Yeah. Not drunk American. Might I say that I see the adorable three picture of you and Jasmine. Yeah. She, that is She made that and magic. Gave it to me for Christmas. Oh, it was Christmas? I thought that was like given to you today as like a pre No V Day no. celebrate. No. No, that's probably the gayest thing we've done. I I agree, personally. <laughs> If I had to, it's kept. It's kept. You guys have kept going it's, pretty it's, good. It's on the kept not. indoors. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So this thing that I'm doing, I'm not really quite too sure what it is. Right. You're a guinea pig of sorts. Oh, I love it. I love. So, I love being that. I uh, I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, over the past week or so. And I was thinking it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty awkward because it's it's my first time doing it. This, this is our first time oh my doing God. this. I'm enjoying this. And if anybody <laughs> listens to this, it's going to be their first right. time listening to this. No pressure or anything. So I was thinking a good topic of discussion would just be first times. Oh, Christ. For anything. It doesn't right. really matter. No, I, I, but, I, I okay, agree. so what's the first thing that enters your mind when I say oh, come on. first time? Fuck you. Fucking? Come on. You know, like, 
that's of course gonna be the first thing. It's not gonna be like, what was your first <laughs> McDonald's toy that you got in a fucking Happy Meal? It's gonna be, where did you stick it first? Alright, so let's talk about that. Oh, man. Okay. I can go first if you want. Um, no, it's not, I'm not, like, afraid of it. I just have to recall, like, really get in the mood of, I was a late bloomer. I was 17, and she was, like, 15, 16. That's not too late. No. I felt like it was, because all my friends, I don't know. And here's, oh, here, you'll appreciate this, because you, you know Kristen Mutchler. Okay. Which, if she hears this, I'm just gonna assume, (laughs) whatever, I enjoy it, she'll know, that... We were, like, it was all stupidly, like, romantic first girlfriend of just, like, I fucking love you. I fucking love you. Like, getting real into it. And then Kristen Mutchler burst in with a laptop. Like, my fat nude ass, like, about to, in, like, <laughs> penetrate her friend. She's playing <laughs> She's playing um, Gavin DeGraw's Chariot. Oh. Uh. Yeah, which... Listen, you want to take a guy's boner away, like, from the first time he's about to have a sexual encounter. So that's what I remember specifically. And then, uh, honestly, I don't think, like, we did it, but I think I lied and said, like, I totally came. Like, the condom was from, like, I don't believe so. And I think the condom was from a Blink-182 concert (laughs) (laughs) to show you I should get fucking punk cred for that. Like, all of those little pop punk kids can suck my boner because I used a condom from a Blink-182 concert. They were just like, it was at Star Lake when they used to, like, hand out... Oh, I remember that. Like, Trojan tanks. And, like, I think it said Blink-182 or something. Anytime you hear Gavin DeGraw's Chariot... Honestly, yeah. Does it... Are you taken back? Yeah, because my sister used to watch one tree hill and sometimes it would play in that like i know he was the theme song but it wasn't that song and i would go that's my first time right there (laughs) and then walk away i don't know that uh, that was i was fat it was it was weird My, my my first time i remember pretty much the entire evening uh i was 15 Damn, see? Me and my girlfriend at the time, I think she was the same age as me, but we went to go see Scary Movie. <laughs> Brilliant. There's and no then, better way I could picture a bride. And, then, and then I lost my virginity in my grandmother's living room. Nice. With my mom and my grandma in her bedroom. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, a one room away, we talking? Yeah, nice. yeah. Did you guys have to keep, like, super hella quiet? Well, I at that... At, at that time, who's, I really didn't understand the meaning of, of wild sex. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like, at 15, I doubt you're, like, pouring it up. No. I feel like, in that age, I was doing all sorts of, like... It was, like... It wasn't even that weird that it was in my grandmother's living room. Right. Because it was, like, at that age, sexually, you have to find the weirdest places to get away with doing shit. And, like, that... me and this girl who, looking back at it now, was, you know... She she probably wasn't the most innocent of people, mm. you know, compared mm. to compared to where I was at that time. She was we were always uh, doing scandalous things in raunchy places. Yeah, cause... and like that's the only time that I ever really had that experience was with her, and it was like my first. That's the she like set the bar. <laughs> Way too fucking high. <laughs> way, way young. Yeah. See, I at least had time to, like, watch my friends and be like, that's, I guess, where I have to set the bar. You're right, though, because I just realized it wasn't even at her house. Like, the reason Kristen burst in 
it was at her other friend Carson's house attic. Okay. Which makes me think, and as you're mentioning the mom and the grandma, like, I'm scared to be a parent because you just gotta assume, like, you always think the worst, but there's, like, sex happening everywhere in your house. Oh, yeah. And I think there has to be some level of, like, ignorant bliss of just, like, no, they're just having fun up, like, there, maybe I playing ha- some games. I had my mom walk in on me once. Ah, oh, boy. And it was never spoken of again. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can. <laughs> it, it's just it never never came up again. But it definitely did happen, and it was definitely pretty weird. <laughs> That's what I mean. I I've been walked in on, but it's always by friends. I don't think my own mother's ever caught me. I couldn't deal with it. But if you're on the first thing, I would like to bring up that I was around for your first drink. Yes. If we're doing first. No, I which, thought about that. Right. I thought about that. that. Now, now as we sit, well, you're, you're enjoying a soda pop. Yeah. Ugh. But <laughs> I was around for your first drink and it was such a monumental thing as a friend to me that it's weird to think like we were both, I, I, I don't know, you never claimed edge. I found a minor threat record. Sure. I enjoyed the straight edge and like, oh, impurities I mean, in I my was, body. I was, like, I had my my times with earth crisis and strength. I was more into like the, the oh. hardcore shit, but I never really adapted the, the vegan. Mindset. No. Yeah. That I, I didn't even know what vegan was for fucking, <laughs> I knew my aunt was vegetarian. Vegan's like a relatively new thing to me, but edge was like, I was stupidly drawing X's on my, hand. I didn't know what the fuck it man. I was just like, fuck yeah, I don't drink. And you're, you're a fucking loser. If you drink, I don't want to put if it like people hearing this are going to be our friends have to know, like, they know me now. Oh, sure. Find pictures on the internet of me now and the sloppy shit that I've done. And it's like, the, even that, looking back, it was like, I was so serious. Friends I have now, like Dan and everyone else, I would curse them out and be like, I want to fucking go to your parties. I know what goes on there. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, now it's like bottle every night. I am buying everyone drinks. Let's, I, I will not be around you if you want to be a stiffler. <laughs> it's like yeah. that, it, that in itself. And it's just like, I remember... I call, I'm such a lame ass. I'm 19. I called my mother. I was 19. It was like, is it okay if I have a drink tonight? My own <laughs> I mother can't believe knew. you called. My own mother knew how fucking lame I was. She was like, why are you calling me? She's like, you could have just stayed at Dan's house, got drunk, never would have known. And you're 19. I was like, so can I? She's like, hang up the phone. Like, just go. Just don't. Her, her last sentence was, don't drive. And I was like, cool. So I was like, cool, I got this, like, how how non-punk rock is that? Like, I was so brazen about fucking staying edge, yeah. and then I call my mother to break edge. <laughs> how did, uh... <laughs> saying it out loud makes it feel way more lame. Of, like, I was so seriously edge, and, like, wearing black flag shirts, called my mom to break edge. Like, fuck that. I, ugh, I'm disgusted with myself. But hey. How did you first discover punk rock since we've been bringing up punk Josh a lot? Yeah, no. How did um, you come into that? I, the, the best part of that is, is I think cause I had younger parents, my, my green day dookie CD is my mom's CD. She was a young mom. <laughs> she was like 23 or four yeah. when the nineties were hitting. And like, that was what came out. And I remember I knew that CD and then I came back to it later Pop punk was my lead in like Blink-182 was my first band. Like everyone has that first band that kind of like, yeah, you hear them and you're like, I want Enema of the State. But then it's sort of like, well, this is cool. 
my parents don't know this. What else is out there? I found that, which led me to the offspring, which a friend was like, fuck that. Listen to AFI. And they were like, fuck that. None of that shit is punk. Listen to black flag. My mind got blown. The minute sure. I heard the aggression of like people showing me dead Kennedys and black, black flag blew my fucking mind. And then you find street punks like rancid and why are the casualties so angry? And it's like, you start like, <laughs> then you get that like teenage angst of just like, yeah, I'm pissed off too. And you're like, no, the casualties are toothless and street punks and like yeah. living on the street. They're like kind of pissed for a different reason. You're like in your mom's basement with a Mohawk. Like, <laughs> All, all these other kids are finding, like, the top 40 thing, which is fine. I It was just, like, well, I, mean, I found that niche of friends. What are you going to do when you're 9, 10 years old? Right. Like, Especially, like, in our time frame because we didn't have the internet in our pocket. No, not at, at all. At all times. It was, like, it was a lot different. Which I finding kind of music. Miss. Oh, totally. Because there was that whole camaraderie of, like, oh, here's this CD. I burned it for you. Shut up and listen to it. Like, my friend Chris would always hand me, like... This is the Offspring's entire discography. Go, just shut up and listen. And I miss that, like, you would read a map. Like, I remember when Alt Press was actually a thing that I, like, looked to to find, like, the top albums, like, old albums and, like, Maximum Rock and Roll and, like, those black and white amp magazines. Oh, yeah. Now it's, like, you can go online and find that music, and that's great because it's going to open up an entire world. But it's, like, I miss someone just telling me, like, dude, did you even hear this? And I go, no, I never heard this band. Let me borrow that CD. That sentence alone blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Let me borrow that CD. <laughs> when the fuck is the last time? When's the last time you've turned to your friend? When's the last time me and you looked at each other and go, Brian, Brian, you gotta let me borrow that Blood Brother CD. Yeah. Like I, you would probably look me in the eye and be like, go, go on your fucking phone and download yeah. it. Like, what are you talking about? Everything's so accessible, which is great. But then there's too much. There's so much that becomes accessible that I don't even end up reaching for anything anymore. I can't keep up with shit. I feel that way too. It's just, there's, it's, it's nuts. Before finding music, it for me, it would be like Hit Parader or uh, yeah. Metal Hammer because I was more into right, right. the metal shit and, you know, whatever 20 bands were talked about in that magazine. Those were the 20 bands I knew about. Right. Other than, you know, maybe going to, like, the store and, like, finding a CD that looked really, really scary and being like, <laughs> this gnarly, is the one I want. The gnarliest Yes, cover the gnarliest looking album cover. Absolutely. I remember people telling me that there was, like, hardcore where people didn't sing. They just, like, yelled. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, I, I have no shame in saying, like, everyone takes their, their path. Like, hearing a Treyu for the first time, <laughs> someone played it for me and I was, like, the fuck is happening? Like... <laughs> That dude's just straight yelling. And then someone showed me like, oh, that's just lame shit. Listen to Sick of It All. I was like, that guy's yelling too. What the fuck? Like, I didn't know what was going on. I I didn't have a hard time digesting hardcore stuff. Like I said, I got into like Earth Crisis when I was pretty young in bands of that nature. What I had a hard time digesting was the first time I heard Six Feet Under. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> who was Chris Barnes, who was the vocalist from Cannibal right? Corpse. Uh, that just made no sense to me at all. Like, it just seemed so ridiculous. But then it grew on me, and, you know. Well, that was, like, a Treyu going to, like, my 17, like, 17, 18, my senior year. That exact same 
experience happened when this that weird kid in my creative writing shirt who always wore black t-shirts and like the super metal head was like you need to listen to pig destroyer like i've related to you on pig destroyer just because i've seen your passion for it but the reason i knew prowler in the yard was because he wore this shirt that had the fucking like he wore it to school <laughs> i was like yo what's going on on that shirt brother let's talk because yeah. i thought i had seen some shit he apparently showed me some new shit and when he played the song i was like like, it scared me. I was like, the fuck is happening oh, yeah. on that CD? And then I was like, I found other, like, grindcore and, like, all those weirdo. That's how I discovered, like, Blood Brothers and shit. There was that one kid that, like, the super crazo bands. And it was like, <laughs> he had those shirts. And when I saw the Pig Destroyer shirt, I was like, we should sit down and talk so you don't, like, so I don't miss out on anything. I thought of a, another good first time that's actually pretty related to all right. this. What was going through your mind the first time you downloaded a song? Um, when someone finally described to me what it was. Like, that concept of, like, just downloading music and, like, watching the bar. I have like, a... holy shit! Right. I, I got this song. It only took me two days, but I got... <laughs> Yo, two days later, <laughs> yeah. I got that fucking Eve 6 song. I can play whatever I want. No radio for me. I have two instances of that. One was... I remember my aunt, who's super tech savvy, was like, for Christmas one year, gave me a CD. And I felt bad because I had that little kid thing of like, she handed me a CD. And at first I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, you have to like act happy about it. But she was like, it's a CD. I burned it. And I was like, that, that term was like, what? Come And she was like, it's the wallflower. Are you a magician? (laughs) Yeah, really? Yo, what's up? Kelly, you didn't tell me you were going to that school. <laughs> yeah. She was like, it's, it's burned. And I was like, oh my God, did you like meet the wallflowers? Which is again, I'm saying a lot of sentences in this shit that I never <laughs> thought I would fucking say in my life. Like, oh my God. So stoked on the wallflowers. And she was like, no, like I made, she like, she's such a cool aunt. She made like this homemade cover and I found out what a burned CD was. Then so it I was like to, a bootleg CD. It was a bootleg shit. <laughs> And it was just like, yeah, she didn't buy it. Like, and I was like, wow, like you, I didn't know. And I went to my dad's cause he lived down in North Carolina. And I told him, he's like, yeah, I've been downloading songs. Like, what would you like? And we would like make lists. I would pick like, here's this one. Like I want, I want a Blink-182 song, but I want it to be like followed by like a no effects song. And like, I remember me and my sister, my sister was like asking for Hanson and shit. Sure. Cause she was younger. We were like watching the computer screen. And I guess thinking back to it, I remember being in that room and you're right. Watching like it was Napster. Yeah. Like, I remember Napster that. Ugh, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I had, I had a couple friends that had the internet that were downloading stuff. I didn't actually get a computer until right after I graduated high school. And then I, I think the first album I downloaded was Azalea Dying's Frail no. Words Collapse. That was the first album I downloaded. Right, illegally. I remember that shit so hard. <laughs> it was good. It was okay. at the time. I was like, this shit is so All right, so like, what about what went through your brain the first time you realized you could download porno? <laughs> I, okay, that's different for me than I think a lot of friends. Like, I had those friends that I think maybe you're talking about were like, they had that secret folder of oh, like yeah. the archive of like filth I wasn't ready for. Again, I was a late bloomer and like they would <laughs> and it's weird for like your friends to like you're at your friend's house. It's still two dudes in a room. Oh, it's yeah. like check out this chick fucking getting boned. It's all pixelated. 
I tried to do it at home once and I got like, I think that's my first taste of anxiety. Like, <laughs> like, like, yo, I live with my mom, my sister's here. Yeah, I can't even house, like yeah. house full of women. House it's just like, women. I don't understand how I'm supposed to like jerk my tiny fat chubby, like in any sort of room in this house. Like, especially in the family computer. It was a shared computer. Yeah. Whereas my friends had their own personal, like I, di- I didn't have that luxury till later. So I was like, you know what? Mariah Carey on the front of the Rolling Stone cover, which is the first thing I jerked it to. Cause I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I don't even like Mariah Carey. Don't even think she's that hot, but all my friends would say like, Oh, I look at this and I do this. And I was like, I specific, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. I remember going into the bathroom <laughs> and going like, well, all right, here's Mariah Carey. And then just like focusing up, like, and I was just like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, but I don't even like Mariah Carey. What the fuck? And then nothing happened. And I just kind of felt defeated and went back to bed. And I kind of always kept that to myself. Cause my friends were always like, yo, I've been jerking it since I was like 12. That shit's awesome. And I was like, all right. Like, I don't know. Like, I just remember Mariah it's... Carey on the front of fucking Rolling I've Stone. always been kind of weirded out by people that are like, super super public about masturbating yeah it's so brazen like like, like there, it's it's you know, it happens it's fine but there's some people that just like yo really like <laughs> take it to the next level and it was a lot weirder when you were younger it's not so weird now but when we were younger it was a lot weirder we had this friend jared who was the one guy who definitely had like the, the secret guy. folder the he guy. had the secret folder and he like wanted you to know about this folder and he would like film him like banging his girl and like show us how does he hold on how old was he oh god we were maybe like 17 18 at this time i have so many questions so was it a camera was it like yeah like a little handy cam oh my god yeah why and the only thing i fucking remember about this was that like this was like he was like goth and he was dating this girl that was real goth. goth. We were all goth. Porn. 17 goth porn. Oh my god. And the only thing that both of them left on were their socks. They had black ankle Gross. socks. Gross. That is my nightmare. <laughs> what are you talking about, Brian? Yeah, That's they both not... had socks on. Black socks. Black socks. It's all oh like black socks, god. black hair, pale white in the middle. <laughs> oh my god i didn't think you would describe my nightmare but yeah like that was my oh one of my, my first god. experiences with like yeah you could download porn check this out and uh that was also that dude was my first experience and last time the only time i legitimately watched uh shit porn oh okay. it was my first time he Wait, did he download or did he make one with Goth Chick? No, he didn't make one. I oh, I Christ. wish that's where this was going. I, I swear to God, I would have walked out of this room. Because I would have been like, Goth, socks, black socks, shit porn. Would have walked no. out. No, no. We were like, it was like that adolescent curiosity that we all knew that it was a thing. And we had the capability like, do you think we can download this? <laughs> You get together as a team, be like, yeah. let's talk about it. No, no, dude, I remember this night so fucking well. <laughs> it was like, okay, so we, we found one, and, like, at that time, like, you just have, like, the uh, description. I don't remember what the description shed, said, but, you know, it said something sure about shit. Something great. Um, so, we, we start downloading it, and then I remember we went into his living room and listened to Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe on his This mo- is by far... <laughs> on his the greatest night of all time (laughs) 
We listened to Hellbilly Deluxe on his parents' nice stereo system in their living room because they weren't at home. Right. And then eventually the video finished downloading like a couple hours later. And um, Two rotations of Hellbilly Deluxe later. <laughs> no, we listened to some other shit. But I just remember Hellbilly Deluxe. Anyways, uh, to make a shitty story short... <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Go to hell. Um, I'm going to tell you about this. I'm going to tell you about this, this shit right. porn that I watched. So it's uh, the angle of the camera is basically just zoomed in right on like this girl's vagina. Oh, Brian, no. And like there's this dude like kind of plowing her. Absolutely. Not in the butt. Like, nope. In, in, you got to leave the, that open. In the vagina. <laughs> and there's this like girl kind of licking from the bottom. There's three people? Three people. Yo. Girl on the bottom. You went balls No, out. like, like girl, girls on the bottom of the frame, dick on the top, vagina center. <laughs> it's like <laughs> framed like really the, well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's going at it and this girl's looking and nothing's really weird. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's just like a rocket. What is Like happening? this, like shit just pours out yeah out of nowhere like no warning and the dude's just still going and this girl underneath is like loving it so this guy's fucking this girl's shitting this girl underneath her's like catching it in her mouth no brian no and that was it was just too fucking much that was way too much too much too young i ran out of the room dude did anyone stay did that guy the one guy turned away and the other guy whose house it was was just laughing hysterically. I want to let you know that Hellbilly Deluxe will never... Like, I swear to God, if I hear Dracula again, I'm just going to be... Oh, so, things have happened so, here. Yeah, that was that was, that was was it. I mean, I'm glad I got it all the way early. Dude, there's and, early, and, and then there's, like, you got some shit that I don't even think like, was, I mean, I was necessary like, to you know, get out I was probably, way. like, 18 or 19 at that point. But so. still, it's I guess you need. I didn't to know see. what I was getting into. But <laughs> to it, be fair, it, it happened, and that was that was that. That was the the first and last time I did that. So I partly wish that I had known Brian at seventeen, and I could have been at those shit Billy Deluxe parties. What was the first show you played? The first show I played was the one kid that was actually. In the at the ship party, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, me and him had like an experimental noise right. drum and bass thing, and uh, we played a show at this place in Garfield that was actually right up the street from Garfield Artworks and all that, and it was awesome. It was like this huge. It was a car garage. That was that was the first show I played. Was there with some other electronic industrial shits. I wish I would have known about shows like that. I don't the, know if I would go. I don't even know if I know what it would be. But so you, there was a venue like that in Garfield back in the. I don't. Yeah, it, it I don't did, know much about it. It didn't last very long. It was it was new when we had played there, and like I said, that was the last time we played there. It was just one of those things like uh, people with a good idea that probably just didn't have the money to actually keep it going. Okay, so what normally? Yeah, what normally happens here? Yeah, absolutely. It was the first show you ever played. Mine, I. I did a double header in one day as like my first band. I was in a ska band and I played, oh God, I played the high school um, pep rally. Okay. But then that night we had 
or it was a house show. So I get again, I I always get it slip away with a tad of punk cred. But it was in Moon Township, so then punk cred's <laughs> taken away. <laughs> it was just some rich girl who kind of liked emo, which a lot of those bands coming out at the time were like just discovering Taking Back Sunday. Like I remember hearing that for the first time and going, Shit's lame. <laughs> Where's the real big fish? Like I was like I was like, I wanna hear that shit. So she was just like friends with the emo kids and wanted to put like put on like a Thursday style, Taking Back Sunday style house show. And here comes us with our horns and brazen love of skanking. And it was awesome. I remember like I know people won't know, but like first time I met ever met Timmy and Kyle, they played that same basement. We didn't realize until years later. We were like, Holy shit, we were at the same show and sure. Kyle was like I was making fun of your punk ass, like, in the <laughs> corner because you looked hella lame. I was like, fine. I get it. But, yeah, I I remember it was such a big fucking deal to me because it was just, it was a show. And it was like there was people there and it was in someone's basement. It, it all felt way more legit than it probably was. But I was in ninth grade and I got asked oh, yeah. by the seniors to be in a ska band. It was like a fucking dream. And you were like... This is it. Like, I can quit high school now. We're obviously going to tour. I wish I still had that, like, teenage wonderment of, like, this is, oh, it's a show. It's a fucking show. When was the first time, well, this might actually be kind of harder to answer, because I don't, I don't even know if I can really answer the question, but it's just, like, I'm just thinking now in my head, like, the first time I realized I wasn't a teenager anymore. Oh, man. That one hit pretty hard. I think it was on, I think it was on like my 20th birthday when you joke around like, ha, all those parents saying like, oh, you're not a teenager anymore. And you just kind of laugh it off. And then like you get alone in your room and you're like, yeah, that's a thing. Like never going to fucking be a teenager again. Like those years are, and it's the first year you start to realize it's been at least enough time where graduation has happened and you start to see that change in friends. Oh yeah, like they've gone to college enough to say like I think we need to call this because it's like you're you're obviously off to it. Like let's not try to grip onto something. Things shift then, and that was the weirdest. Ever since then, it's been like learning about relationships of people going away because that's the first time you're free. People go to college, people stay in the hometown, and it's like it's it takes a year because that first year, like we're gonna be best friends forever. I'm gonna come visit you at school, and I did that. <laughs> I did that with Dan and stuff and like up at IUP and I remember that's when I started to feel the divide around 19 when I would visit him and feel like, oh, you're like, he would talk about these people, introduce me to these people. I'd be like, who the fuck are you? You don't know him. I felt like a protective (laughs) girlfriend of like, you don't fucking know him. Like I grew up with him. Get your stupid call. I don't give a shit about your football team. Yeah. Like, he likes the starting line. Do you know that? Like, <laughs> I felt like this weird protective girlfriend, and that's when I started to realize, oh, this shit's going to change. And it's like, all that's going to go away, and maybe you'll hold on to some people, but, like, I don't know. I guess that's what Brand New writes about. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I assume it's just that growing up shit, and it's like, I felt that, which is around the time that I discovered all that stuff, like, when I stopped being... I remember, okay, to further start on that point, when I first stopped feeling like a teenager, that's when I started to be like, maybe I don't have to wear a bullet belt. Okay. Maybe I have to, maybe, maybe I want to wear like a, I don't know, like a blue t-shirt. Like that thought alone was like, 
but people are going to say like, you're not punk. I'm like, but then I'm like, it's not high. I'm not 18. Like I don't have to worry about that click of friends. And maybe I would look good in a pair of khakis. I don't know. Never explored the Avenue. And I remember the first day, like I took off my bullet belt and didn't wear it once. I was just like, I, wow. Like this is, I'm, I don't need to wear a black t-shirt every day. Yeah. For me, it was transitioning out of the, the goth shit. Right. And to just like normal clothes. But it was, it was really weird. I don't know what the hell I was so worried about. I don't either. It's like that weird punk cred of like, they will attack the slightest thing, but they're your friends. It's like, it is that weird SLC punk shit. That movie hits so close because it's like those friends that will call you out and like, you have to be this and like, what patch are you wearing? Like, how did you come up with those pins? Like, how are you doing your Liberty spikes? And it's like, I remember hitting art school and being like, I don't know, maybe I would like a girl who isn't punk rock to notice me. Maybe I want to put on a nice plaid shirt and she'll see my eyes or some shit. It's like, (laughs) I, I realized really, really young, really young. Like it, by the time I was like, say by the time I graduated high school, right. That while I was attracted to like alternative girls, they're all fucking crazy. (laughs) All of them. Yes. I've never met like an alternative girl that wasn't crazy or honestly like a dude that still dresses like super alternative. That's like older. That isn't like a piece of shit. Right. They hold on to something that's like, I'm not saying like you have to like grow up or dress like an adult, but there's like a, there's like a fine line. It is a very, and fine I felt line. like when I was 17, 18 mall rat days, there was like that one old guy that still would hang out at the mall and still had like the kick wear fucking wide leg jeans, like this old, like weird, Barf. like limp biscuit raver kind of guy <laughs> that was probably like, he's probably only like, 22 or 23 but still when you're like 17 you're like who the fuck is this old guy why is he still dressing like this why is he hanging out with us shouldn't he be doing something else right and it was like the first time i had this realization that it was like oh fuck like i need to stop dressing like this at some point at or some else, point it's gonna end or else yeah or else i'm gonna like fucking be this guy luckily i ended up like getting a job and having these being put into these situations where I had to dress normal for my job. Right. So it was like, well, okay, I'm dressing normal most of the time. And then like, I kind of like forced, I was not necessarily forced, but I became comfortable wearing like pants that actually fit me that weren't (laughs) fucking like, you know, 50 (laughs) inches big and things like that. And that, you know, it's a, you know, it's a really, what's a, uh, a really fun trend to look back on. Actually, because, like, now, you know, like, it's, like, not really that awkward for, like, skinny or smaller jeans and things like that. But in, like, the early 2000s, when before skinny jeans came Girl. in, skinny shirts were a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you look back at all these pictures of bands, they have these really tiny t-shirts on, but still, like, tiny. normal size pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking assholes. I remember seeing, like, early pictures of, like, Seosin. Like, yeah. Anthony Green's this, like, <laughs> yeah. little fucking dude and he has like a shirt that's like kind of above the waist but the jeans like weren't there or yet. uh fashion was trying to play catch something up. corporate <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i remember seeing them in that video about like emo kids and it would just show that picture of like the giant swoop across his glasses like tiny t-shirt 
regular jeans. It took them a while to catch up. <laughs> like the jeans had to catch up to the shirts. Yeah. All that I remember are like girl jeans, like oh, dudes who yeah, couldn't we... give them small enough, so they would shop at Delia's. Yeah. And I was like, guys, all uh, about freedom of expression. Uh, dude, now we're can getting, we talk? Now like, we're now we're getting into MySpace. Right, and that's like I knew those kids, and they just like. I was the punk kid and they were, they had just, they were growing up on taking back Sunday and shit. Like they, and the, the jeans weren't tight enough. So they would, they would be like, of course I'm wearing girls jeans. Like it, well, who are you not to wear girls? I jeans? don't know. Like the people that I was around at the time, like we'll say when my space was becoming a thing, 2003, right. 2004, everybody that I was surrounded by was very like those the goth scene that's who i was around and if the internet in myspace wasn't a thing i don't know how long it would have took me to realize scene was a thing like it just seemed like this alien race it would have been a slower of people to me yeah to backtrack a bit what was the first r-rated movie you ever saw r-rated i mm, i'd have to think was (laughs) now that you mention it and your story I was going to say scary movie, but I feel like I've seen R-rated movies accidentally at home. Like, I don't, I wasn't ever paying theaters? attention to, like, that's what I'm trying to think. I, I, I never paid attention to rating systems, I guess, You didn't for a have, while. like, uh, did you have, like, uh, one, like, bad family member that would, like, show you the stuff that nobody was, weren't supposed to see? But I had, would, like... I had that member who was, who got me into a lot of the music. He was the awesome uncle that, like, was so far it's in advance. It's always the uncle. It is an uncle. It fucking has to be an uncle because he cares about you enough because you're a family member, but he doesn't care enough because, like, I don't have to fucking raise you, and it's fine. You could go do with the show yeah. yourself. He was the one who was, like, so technologically far in advance, like, had every Apple model all the way back to, like, those colored lap book shells. Okay. But he found a way to – there was this, like, chip – that you can implant in your PlayStation. If you did it wrong, it would shut down your PlayStation. This is when play- PS1 was like new. So he found a way that like he could burn, he could rent games from Giant yeah. Eagle, burn them, and keep them forever and play the burned disc. And I was like, the fuck? Like, yeah. really? And he showed me like games like Resident Evil and like all that shit. And I was just like, how are you doing this? And he was like that punk rock uncle of just like, well, you do this. And he's like, fuck that. Why would I pay for a game that I don't want to? And so he was the one, like, he's the one who took me to Blink-182 for the first time. I saw my first pair of boobies with my uncle. Okay. This mess was playing on a side stage and they were all like small and like some girl who was drunk. He was, they were just like, Hey, show us your boobs. And I was standing right there. So I craned my neck up and she was just like, ah, and my uncle was like, well, there you go. Like, I was just like, I was just like, I will, I will be in punk rock forever. Like, I need to like do this shit because you could just command people to show your boobies. And I was like, it was unreal. So, yeah, he was that uncle. And the R-rated stuff, I, I just feel like I – because I can't remember like – I'm sure there was an Adam Sandler movie that I fucking saw that might have been R. But I feel like most of it was PG-13. My my uncle was an asshole. <laughs> awesome. Um, the I saw a Terminator Two in theaters. How young were you? That had to. Have I been... was probably like five or six. Yeah, that there's no way you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't even T three. 
No, like, no, Terminator 2. I saw Terminator 2 in theaters. I saw... Let me see, when I was nine, I saw The Exorcist for the first time on Jesus. Thanksgiving. There's so much being explained about you. Um, When I was like 10 or 11, he took me to go see Lost Highway. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so, you have seen some shit before I ever saw it, like, anything. Try to be 11 years old and watch Lost Highway. Uh, yeah, I mean... Take that in. <laughs> It's feeling like it says a lot. <laughs> and I appreciate that whole deal. But but uh also first time I cried in a movie was Terminator Two. Really? At the end when he's dipping into dipping the in. lava. I mean I was like five. I was emotionally you didn't know attached it, yeah. to Yeah, he was to that guy. He was the yeah. he was the the big metal man and yeah. he was just being burned all and then, Dude, that's intense for <laughs> And then I almost cried at the end of Toy Story Three. That's the last time you almost cried in a movie? Since then. Yeah. Oh, since then? So it was Terminator 2 and then Toy Story 3. Were so the, you had, like, were the, a good... Were the two most emotionally... <laughs> points in your life. Emotionally, like, cinematic moments in my life was yeah, there and, and there. And people know, like, you, you watch a lot of movies. Like, you have <laughs> movies. There, yeah. there were probably some points that you probably could have... Well, wait, don't they have that scene where they're dipping into the lava? Did we just discover something that, like... It's not at that part. Is it Andy giving away his toys? Yeah. Oh, again, it says so much about you that that would fucking hit home for you. It's probably <laughs> you would have that moment now. I, I don't know. I always get that moment of, like, you start to get choked up, and then there's, like, that weird, like, 70s Texas dad football player of, like, nope, not today. Not today. Like, you know, <laughs> you always get that, like, welling up, and then you fucking go, nope, nope, nope. And I, I mean, there's been plenty of fucking movies, but I mean, oh, I balled at Dallas Buyers Club because Matthew McConaughey with AIDS, Jesus Christ, you can't, you just can't <laughs> fucking not cry at Matthew McConaughey dying of AIDS. That to me destroyed me, but I, I, I don't know about R, but I'm sure it was, a, I'm going to go with Adam Sandler film of some fucking okay. kind. <laughs> I don't really know. Well, Hey, you know, we talked about. I feel our, like our first uh, first time. I swear to God, if this goes up, it's gonna be a mix of like <laughs> dipping emotional points and then like your first German Scheiße film, of, yeah, like, shit porn, first shit porn, first your first shit porn, your first boobies, your first punk rock experiences. And it, it has these hints of like <laughs> growing up as a teenager and being in the scene. It's just like you know what? I'm damn proud to be the first one to be. <laughs> I hope listen if you made it this far good on you first of all <laughs> second of all if you ever want to talk to me about those experiences please come find me I just can't believe this is going to be the first one and it's going to be like a mix of like black flags shitting in women's mouths <laughs> I'm proud that's good that's what I was going for well, I, you know what if there's going to be a Brian Howe podcast it it should be a mix of shit porn and black flags, so hooray, I did it. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I appreciate <laughs> it. Alright, so that's it, people. Uh, I hope you all learned something and enjoyed yourselves. Uh, I will be back next week with a new episode and a new person and a new conversation lots more new exciting things woo woo <laughs> should that be a thing maybe that'll be a thing I don't know check back next week and see if that's a thing my name is Sykes 
Start the Beat Podcast 2014. Thanks for listening.